0: I came across an article this week entitled, Real Mothers, it concluded with these words, Real Mothers know that their kitchen utensils are probably in the sandbox. Real Mothers often have sticky floors, filthy ovens, and happy kids. Real Mothers know that dried Play-Doh doesn't come out of shag carpet. Real Mothers don't want to know what the vacuum just sucked up. Real Mothers know that a child's growth is not measured by height or years or grade. It is marked by the progression of Mama, To mommy, to mom. Real mothers often ask themselves, why me? And get the answer when a little voice says, because I love you best. There truly is something special about mothers. And today, we just honor you and are so very thankful for you. Let's give them one more hand today. Our scripture passage today is a story, a brief story of another real mother. She's not perfect. But she has a great heart's desire to be a blessing to her sons. And so today, we read from the Gospel of Matthew, beginning in the 20th chapter, in the 20th verse. Matthew 20, 20 begins, Then the mothers of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Command that in your kingdom... These two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, My cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, for it is for, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father." And hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, "'You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, "'and their great men exercise authority over them. "'It is not this way among you. "'But whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant, "'and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. "'Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served,' but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious Father, we do thank you for the great blessing that we have in our mothers. I know some have already gone home to be with you, and we're just thankful for the time that we had the opportunity to be blessed by them, to see you through them. And if we are so blessed to be with our mothers today, give us the wisdom to love them, love them fully, to give them great honor and respect, not only this day, but all days. We pray, Father, as we open God's word together today that you would send your Holy Spirit, that you would give us insight so that we might have a vision, a new vision of greatness in our own lives. We pray these things humbly in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. I think over the years I've been a little harsh about the mother who's described in our passage today, and I I think I've thought of her as a little self-centered and a little self-serving, and she certainly does have kind of a misunderstanding of who Jesus is and what his mission is, but she is hardly alone in this. Many people throughout history believe that this mother, the mother of John and James, was named Salome. And if so, she is one of the few believers who stayed with Jesus throughout his ministry up to the cross and even stood behind him at the crucifixion. She's also one of the few women, the three that came to care for Jesus' body on the third day. And so if we are critical of her in this moment, we also remember that there is much redeeming and admirable in her life. And although Jesus reorients her vision... He does not chastise her, and so we shall not today either. Because after all, what is she doing that every good mother doesn't do? She is interceding for her children to the one with all authority. She is interceding for King Jesus. And what specifically does she ask? The first thing that I'd like to draw your attention to is Salome asks that her sons be part of the kingdom. In verse 21, it says, She said to him, Command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and one on your left. Now, she clearly is asking for preferential treatment, for special power and authority for her sons. But if we take a step backwards and look at her heart's desire for her sons, I think we can find something admirable Salome begins to recognize Jesus' authority, his kingship, and she wants her sons to be a part of that. And really, there is no more important request or prayer for our children. Sandy, my beloved wife, the mother of our two sons, she is so much wiser than I in so many ways. When we got married in uh, 1980 back in Germany, 1982, excuse me, yikes, 1982, um, we, uh, you know, about a year later, I started to think, you know, Sandy, you know what? I think we're ready to have children. And she would look at me, uh, a little skeptical, because skeptical, uh, she kind of knew my maturity level at that point. And about that, you know, sometime during that next week or two, there would be a baby mysteriously show up, oh, we've been asked to uh, babysit for someone tonight. And I didn't catch on for a lot of years. And so, like after that first night, the idea of having a child was completely gone. And so about every year or so, it would be the same thing. Sandy, I think we're ready to have a, have a baby. And yet another child would mysteriously end up that week. And after about three or four years, she finally, you know, I, I said, Sandy, and another baby mysteriously showed up. And, but amazingly, at the end of that night, you know what? I didn't, uh, I didn't think uh, I don't want to have kids. In fact, I really thought even more so that I was ready, that we were ready to have children. And so I went back to my beloved and I said, Sandy, we are ready to have children with great confidence. And she looked up with me. She scrutinized me. She thought about it for a second and she looked and she said, those beautiful brown eyes looked up. She said, I think that we are ready to get a dog Well, about five years into our marriage, we, uh, we found out that Sandy was uh, great with child, as the Bible says, that she was pregnant. And immediately, uh, we began to pray for our unborn child. And immediately, I realized that her prayers were so much more profound than mine. I remember I would just pray, Lord, give us a healthy baby. And then she would pray, and all of a sudden she was praying not only for a healthy baby, but she was praying for the great events in that child's life. She was praying that he would be surrounded with great friends, that he would, uh, that he would come to the point where he would know Jesus as Savior. She would pray for that day even before he was born. She would pray. What really caught my attention above all, before this child was born, she began to pray for his godly spouse because mamas intercede for their children. And she understood that the most important decision that he would ever make is to accept Jesus as Savior, and the second most important was to pick a godly mate. And when you think about it, that's exactly what Salome is doing for her sons. She may have got a misunderstanding of what the kingdom was, but she had a heart's desire that her sons would be part of the kingdom. And good mamas pray for that very thing today. The second thing I'd like to draw your attention to, Salome asked her sons that they could serve in Jesus' kingdom. And again, we understand that she didn't understand the king or the kingdom, but what she was asking was that her sons would be allowed to serve. And it seems to me that that's a wonderful prayer for our children as well. Many years ago, my son Joshua He was the light of our lives, still is, and and, uh, he started attending North Carolina State to study engineering. And it wasn't long after uh, he had arrived there that he developed a a health problem and he was required to be disenrolled. And for a long time, we weren't sure if he was ever going to be able to go back to school. It was a great struggle. And I remember sitting in my little study in the house and and we were talking about kind of what the next step was. And I could see that Joshua was starting to kind of go inside. He was struggling a little bit. And I didn't know exactly what he was thinking about. And then almost on the verge of tears, he kind of blurted out. He goes, he goes Dad, I'm never going to be able to accomplish the things that you have. And i got to tell you that honestly, that just crushed my heart. Because I never, ever wanted him to think that he was supposed to walk the path that I walked. And so I tried to compose myself and I remember so clearly that day and I said, son, there's only three things that I want for you. I said, number one, I hope you can find a job where you can support yourself. And number two, I hope that you can surround yourself with a few people that you love and that love you. And third, I pray that you'll use your gifts to serve the king and everything beyond that is window dressing i honestly believe it at the end of the day nothing else is important proverbs 22 6 we've read it once today already train up a child in the way that he should go Not in the way that I went, but the way that he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart of it. Because every child has a unique path prepared by God and a unique gift to use in service to the king. Paul says in Ephesians 2, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And so the greatest responsibility, the greatest gift of a mom, of a parent, is to be able to lead their child into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And after that is to be able to show them that good path, whatever their gift is, whatever their gift is that God has blessed them in so that they might use them for king and kingdom to nurture their gifts and to help them discover so they might be servants and could i just say not to exhaust them with traveling teams and competitive cheerleading and clubs and activities but to teach by word and example to be servants the apostle peter said in second peter three since all these things are going to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holiness and godly conduct? In other words, since the hobbies and sports and games and clubs and unlimited list of so many other things that capture our money and our time and our attention and our energy, since all of these things are going to be destroyed, how will you live your life? And Peter Leads us down a path to make the answer so obvious. Since all of these things are going to be consumed, the wise one will invest in what is eternal. Love lived out in service to the king. And the wise parent will guide their children to help them discover their path of service. Salome interceded for her sons. Let my sons be your servant. And good mothers do the same today. Finally, Salome had great expectations for her son. I I love people who aim high. I love people who have great vision. And Salome comes forward in tremendous boldness. This is a bold request. Consider the culture of the day. Here is a woman in the midst of a completely male-dominated culture. And that's not going to stop her from coming forward and interceding for her son's. She knows that Jesus is someone special. There's nothing, not the looks of the other ten. You know, you can see in the scripture, they don't take kindly to what she's asking. But nothing is going to stop her. And we assume that that boldness was born out of a love for her sons, which I find admirable. Now, if there's anything to be critical here, it is Salome's understanding of what greatness is, and I believe that's what this passage is really all about. And so Jesus reorients her understanding. He, Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. If Salome didn't understand greatness... She wasn't alone. In fact, I don't think anyone in the group understood. I don't think anyone on the face of the planet understood. And it's such an important thing that I think sometimes we need to reorient ourselves through Jesus' words on what greatness is. Many years ago, I didn't even know what American Express was. I don't think. When we first got married, Sandy had an American Express card. And I noted on the bottom of the right-hand corner, it said, Member since 1980 and you remember the advertisement the hook i don't know if they still used it or not but back then it was membership has its privileges in other words the longer you've been a member the greater your privileges and the greater your privileges clearly the greater you are and sometimes that same attitude slips into the church and so we too need to be re- reoriented by the words of jesus The longer the membership, the greater the servants. The message says it this way. You've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. And now King Jesus asks us to do the same. Salome asked that her sons be part of the kingdom. Secondly, Salome asked her sons to serve in the kingdom. And finally, Salome had great expectations for her sons. And even today, that's what great mamas do. I was leafing through some quotations on Mother's Day this week. I I came across several. Abraham Lincoln once said about mothers, I remember my mother's prayers. They have followed me, always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. Billy Graham once said, Only God himself fully appreciates the influence a Christian mother in molding of character in her children. The famous preacher Billy Sunday once said, There is more power in a mother's hand than in a king's scepter. And finally, D.L. Moody once said, The impression that a praying mother leaves upon her children is lifelong, and perhaps even longer, all the way into eternity. Mothers, on behalf of all here today, along with the writer of Proverbs, we stand and call you blessed. And we are deeply appreciative and thankful for how you continue to intercede for your children. Let us pray. Good and gracious Father, we thank you for all the blessings you have poured into our lives. We thank you for wonderful mothers that have been a blessing to us, who have exhibited such wonderful character who have led us closer to you. Above all, we thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For the one that may not know you here today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to their heart, that even today, on this special day, that you would draw them unto yourself. And we thank you for reorienting our vision, a new understanding of what greatness is, in a world that so desperately needs to hear it, may we hear it. May we follow in your footsteps of quiet humility, of being a servant to all. So in your eyes, that we might be great. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.